You're listening to Scorched. A raw, real, and unfiltered podcast about drag racing and motorsports. Hosted by the man willing to burn it all down. And now, the man himself, E3 Extreme's own Damon Steinke. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Scorched. Today, what's in the bag? This seems to be a question that I get asked on a regular basis, especially by newer photographers. What do I keep in my bag? What do I take to the racetrack with me? What do you need to take to the racetrack with you? Things like that. So, if you're not really into content creating, photography, this probably isn't going to be the episode for you. If you want to hang out and listen, or even watch, great. I'm good with that. Uh, Always good to learn something new. So, what is it that I take to the track with me? Well, first and foremost... If you know me at all, you know that I shoot with Nikon. I still shoot DSLR. I do not shoot mirrorless yet. We will see in the future whether that changes or not. This episode is being recorded actually with one of my primary cameras, which is a Nikon D850. Um, Using that to handle the video side of the podcast's at least for the time being. Uh, There's some things that I do and don't like about it, but I digress. So let's go over what I take to the track with me. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you're probably going to see me looking to the side a little bit. My think tank roller bag is down there on the floor. I want to make sure that I don't forget anything. So, again, the D850, one of my primary bodies, along with... The D3S, um, I carry two D3S bodies in my bag. I happen to like the D3S much more at night than I do the 850. I think the file quality at higher ISO on the D3S is better. So yes, I do have three camera bodies in my bag, along with uh, one, two, three, four... I think I keep four lenses that I take with me all the time. Uh, the one that we're using to record is a Tokina 24-70-2.8. Another one on the table over there that I did the last episode with is a Nikon 50mm 1.8, which I recommend every single photographer, I don't care what you shoot, you should own a 50mm lens. It should be really one of the first lenses that you buy. It teaches you how to get shots by moving your feet and not relying on zooming, things like that. I've had my 50 millimeter 1.8 for 11 or 12 years. It is always in the bag. And honestly, even when I take a smaller bag and go somewhere, it still goes with me. Nikon 200 to 500. 5.6? Yeah, 5.6. Um, that is my standard long lens. Obviously, some of you have seen me at the racetrack. I do have the tendency sometimes to rent like a 600 F4. Um, 
it's not logical for me to buy one. It's like a $12,000 lens. I'm not going to use it enough to justify buying it because I probably wouldn't use it every weekend. Uh, the lens that I would like is a 400 28, uh, from Nikon. But again, I mean, even used, you're talking used in good shape, six or $7,000. So yeah, I don't own one of those yet. Hopefully this year that changes. And then I will have to get another think tank bag, um, because it won't fit with everything that I already have in the existing bag. Uh, that's a mighty big lens. Uh, my other lens, Nikon 70 to 200 28. If you are a photographer and you do not have a 70 to 200 28, I'm not sure what you're doing. It is probably that and the 24 to 70 are probably the most versatile lenses that you can have as a photographer. Uh, I use the 70 to 200 uh, probably. 80% of every weekend that I'm at the racetrack. It's a great lens. I've had it forever. Um, and I hope that Nikon keeps making DSLR lenses. If they don't, I'm just going to have to keep buying used ones. Um, so those are the primary lenses that I take to the track with me. Again, sometimes I'll contact lens rentals and have them ship me a lens. The two lenses that I'm really looking to get into hopefully in 2022 are going to be the 14 to 24 to eight because I love wide angle stuff and a 400 to eight. Now I know some of you will ask me why I'm spending money like that, uh, on DSLR stuff when mirrorless seems to be the wave of the future. Well, mirrorless is the wave of the future. At least it, that's what it seems like. But I don't have, I'm not going to switch over everything right now. And honestly, I'm going to wait and see. Um, one of my best friends, David Hilner, has got a Z9 on order from, actually he's got a few of them on order, just depends on who shows up first. He's got one on pre-order right now. And once he gets his, I will play around with that and see if I like it enough to justify moving over to uh z9 setup uh versus my d3s a lot of that will come down to uh the way it feels the way it shoots the way it handles low light situations because obviously at the drag strip when you're there at night a lot of it is low light situations you would be shocked on how much the wall empties out after dark because most photographers don't know how to create content in low light situations. They just pack up their shit and leave. So, um, which is really frustrating for a lot of people. Uh, what else is in my bag? Some flashes, uh, hot shoe flashes. I use the Nikon SB 700s. If you are a Nikon shooter, don't waste your money on SB 700s. Go up to like the SB 5000 or the SB 910 things like that, that have a lot more options. Even the SB 800, honestly, is a better hot shoe flash than the 700 was. Uh, the 700, there's no power outlet on it, uh, to hook up anything. It's just, it's, it does what I need it to do, but it's very basic and I don't use it a whole hell of a lot. Um, but I've used it enough over the last decade that 
I can get what I want out of it. So I keep two of those in the bag along with chargers for um, both cameras. And that's really, that rounds out about what's in that bag. The other bag that I take with me is a messenger style bag, a sling over the shoulder type of bag that is, uh, carries a MacBook Pro, uh, usually an iPad, charging cables, um, anything that I take with me to the track to do podcasts with, um, external hard drives. That bag is made by Tenba, T-E-N-B-A. I got... I don't know, like 75 or 80% off of it. I found it on clearance at like Adorama or something and got it for a steal and could not pass it up. It is a great messenger bag. I really recommend a messenger bag just to throw your laptop and stuff in. Uh, it's easier to transport uh, when you're at the hotel or whatever it may be. It's just a good, a good overall style bag to have. Uh, so definitely, I, I would always recommend picking up a messenger bag. And like I said, I got mine on clearance like two years ago, super cheap. So, um, they can be really expensive. I think the list on this bag was 300 and some bucks. And I think I got it for, uh, I want to say less than a hundred bucks. So I couldn't go wrong with that. I couldn't pass it up. I use it when I travel, if I fly and I'm not going somewhere where I'm taking my camera gear and I just want to take my laptop and stuff. I just take that bag. I can take like the D850 in a small lens if I want to do that. Um, other than that, I take my uh, Think Tank roller bag. And if you're looking for uh, backpack bags, roller bags, anything like that, I really recommend Think Tank. Uh, they do make great bags. Again, none of these companies pay me to say any of this. I am not endorsed. I am not a product. Um, ambassador or anything like that unfortunately whatever they apparently don't uh well that's a story for another day uh speaking of other gear before i move on to some of the electronics uh here is the strobe that i purchased last year it is a westcott f fj 400 um along with their uh radio controller the fj x2m uh, both great products. I've had really good luck. Uh, it uses a Bowens S mount. So any of the diffusers, light boxes, uh, soft boxes, umbrellas, anything like that, that require a Bowens mount will work on that, uh, strobe. Um, so I do take that to the track along with a janky ass light stand because I haven't spent the money on a really good light stand. Unfortunately. But that, again, that's a, that's a conversation for another day because, uh, you can start spending a lot of money on light stands and tripods and monopods and all that stuff too. So the FJ 400 great strobe does high speed sync in manual. Um, I've used it on my D850. I've used it on my D3S and had no issues with it. Uh, I would recommend if you do pick up um, a Westcott, it, no matter what, because they have three different, uh, they have a hot shoe flash, they have a smaller strobe, I think I think the smaller one's like an FJ200, then they have their um, larger one, the FJ400, the 400 obviously is what I have. If you pick up one of those three, 
go to Westcott's website and download the user manuals straight from the website and read them on your computer instead of trying to read them in however they come, if they even come um, with the product. I don't remember. I know that I went back to the website and uh, it's just a lot easier to find the information that you're looking for if you're using their website to go through everything. Something that I wanted to talk about um, that I have made the move to recently uh, content creators, whether you're a videographer or photographer, we spend a lot of time downloading information from our cards onto external hard drives, computers, etc. And then we have got to go into our editing software to actually edit the content that we create. Well, herein lies the issue. If you have slow memory cards, and when I say slow memory cards, the read and write speed on a memory card I never thought was really that important as long as it kept up with the camera. The more that I do this work, whether it's the podcasting or the video portion of it or the photography, I realize how much time I'm pissing away in waiting for cards, like to transfer images from a memory card onto an external hard drive, which is exactly what you should be doing. Don't be transferring your images directly from the card onto a laptop and don't edit. Like if you're using Lightroom or Photoshop, don't edit photos straight from the card. Take your card, take it out of the camera, transfer all the files onto an external hard drive Double check that all the files transferred to the external hard drive and then reform and then format your uh, memory card. That's the process that I do every single day when I'm at an event. Card comes out of the camera at the end of the day, transferred onto an external hard drive. Take the card, format the card, good to go for the next day, clean, organized. You can organize them by day, you can do whatever you want. but. Here's the thing. These are the hard drives that I was using for, well, ever. Um, right, standard, and obviously if you're not watching, you can't see what I'm holding up here. It's a lacy, rugged, two terabyte standard external hard drive with a USB-C connection port on it. They're nice hard drives. I've used the Western Digital uh, My Passports also. So here's the deal though. They're kind of bulky, which I mean, really, they're still smaller than a cell phone, but kind of bulky and they have moving parts in them. If you didn't know, and I'm again, not a huge computer junkie, hardware junkie type of guy, but I had a my book that I accidentally tipped over and broke the platter on, lost four terabytes of data a few years ago, and I didn't have it backed up. So, um, I, I've continued to use these standard hard drives um, as what I take to the track with me and travel around with me. They've served me well for years, but I made the decision at the end of the 2021 season that I was going to make a change. So, again, standard hard drive, two terabyte. I don't even know how much these things cost. Probably about a hundred bucks, something like that. Uh, what I did is I did some research on on the internet and found M.2 hard drives. 
So imagine, if you will, um, if you've ever replaced the RAM in your computer. You know, it's just a stick of RAM, as they call it. Well, that's pretty much what an M2, M.2 hard drive is. I think it's NVMe or something like that. I mean, there's different variations of it. Um, I got mine on Newegg. But what it is, like I said, it's essentially a, a kind of like a memory strip uh, size. It's very small uh, in comparison to, I mean, I could fit this thing in my front pocket compared to um, the standard drive. This is a one terabyte solid state drive. No moving parts, nothing like that. The expect the life expectancy on these is so much longer than a standard hard drive. So you buy the SSD um, drive, which again looks like a stick of memory, and then you buy a case for it. I went with the Anchor case. I like Anchor's products. I get a lot of their charging cables and things like that. Never really had any issues with Anchor products. I think I got the case on Newegg as well. Don't remember. It was either Newegg or, ya or uh, Yahoo. Uh, Amazon. One of the two. Uh, but here's the deal. This is a one terabyte SSD drive. Again, it's about the length of, oh, uh, well, it's about an inch longer than my middle finger. And maybe an inch and a half wide. I mean, the thing is, it, it's, it's very compact and portable. Uh, USB-C uh, cord, USB-C to USB-C, or USB-C to USB-A 3.1, I think. Something like that. I don't know. Short cord. But the reason that I went with this, the total cost of this setup, the hard drive and the case, I think it was about a hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more than a hundred bucks for a one terabyte. Yeah, I know it's only a one terabyte, <laughs> but at the end of the season, all I've got to do is take that M M.2 uh, SSD drive out of that case, put it in a storage case after I've backed it up, put it in a storage case, slap a new drive in there, just order a new one and I'm ready to start next year in 2023. So now I have something that's smaller, much, much, much faster um, as far as read-write speeds compared to a standard uh, hard drive. Again, the, le the less time that I have to spend transferring files and the more speed the drive has, Listen, I keep my Lightroom album and catalogs on the hard drive. I used this hard drive yesterday to edit some photos. It is lightning fast compared to the standard hard drive. Highly, highly recommend making a move over to SSD, especially something like that that's small, compact, very, very fast, and the life expectancy on it is is more it more years than I will be alive, that's for sure. And so the reliability of an SSD versus something that's got moving parts in it, especially for the environments that we're in, I just think the SSD was a, a much better uh, choice in regards to that. And to give you comparison, so this, this is my one terabyte SSD. 
that's my photo one. And then I've got this SanDisk. This is also a solid state drive. Um, this is a 500 gig. Um, it's about the size of a business card, a little bit thicker than that, but the physical size of a business card. Again, USB-C output uh, so that it will work with uh, all the new MacBooks as well. Uh, I don't remember what I paid for this. I think it was less than 100 bucks. I keep all of the podcast stuff on this one. Again, the size of a uh, credit card or business card, and I could throw that in my back pocket, no problem. What else do I keep? And yes, if you see me looking, it's just because I'm timing this out uh, to keep it under half an hour uh, for our viewers. Card readers. Obviously, having fast cards is important. Having good card readers as well. This is a Lexar for the new CF Express cards uh, that you can use in like the Nikon D850 and I uh, think the Nikon D500 or and in the D5 um, that the cards are much, much faster than the old XQD cards or uh, definitely much faster than Compact Flash or standard, um, standard memory cards. So uh, make sure that you've always got good memory card readers with you. It's very important. Don't forget your memory card readers because otherwise you're going to be over at Walmart buying something just to be able to keep working every weekend. Make a checklist too. I don't do this often enough and I probably should, but make a checklist that you can keep in your bag or something like that and just go over it. You know, do I have this? Do I have this? Do I have this? Did I forget this? Um, things like that that you can remember to take along with you. Something else that's important, especially when you're at the racetrack, is hearing protection. Now, I know most people use, like, foam earplugs and things like that. I don't. I like listening to music while I'm there. So I have my AirPod, or, yeah, AirPod Pros or whatever these are. Yeah, AirPod Pros. Apple AirPod Pros. I listen to music all the time when I'm at the racetrack. So if you ever see me and I walk by you randomly and you think that I'm ignoring you, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just listening to music and can't hear a damn thing you're saying because they're also noise canceling. So I don't hear pretty much anything. I mean, I can still hear the cars going down the track and everything like that, but it's nice because I can listen to podcasts. I can listen to music. I can listen to sports, especially during the summer. Sometimes I'll be listening to baseball games while I'm at the racetrack, whatever it may be. Just my thing, just what I like to do. I've seen more people start to move towards that type of um, accessory. It's easy to carry. It's way better than, in my mind, it's way better than those orange foam plugs. Um, if I forget my earbuds, um, I will sometimes put in those orange uh, foam plugs, but I usually have a really good set of, uh, over the, over the ear, um, earmuffs as well that I bought when I was in NHRA race, when I did forget my earbuds one time. Um, something else that I think is really important. Again, it's another anchor product. It's a N K E R for those that are wondering. Another thing that is really important is when you're at the drag strip or racetrack, whatever it may be, or even just outdoors doing um, landscape photography or outdoor nature or, uh, wildlife photography, uh, depending on how cold or whatever it may be. 
battery power on your phone tends to drain quickly sometimes. Well, get external batteries. Uh, this is, I can't even tell you, I think this is 10,000 milliamps, and I'm going to turn on my flashlight here. Yep, this one is a is uh, from Anchor, and it's called the, um, uh, I can't even read it, it's the Slim 10,000. Um, so 10,000 milliamps. You can usually charge like an iPhone two or three times with these things each. I own four of these that go to the racetrack with me. They just go in one of the bags, usually a couple of them in the messenger bag and a couple of them in the roller bag. And it's, it's, these things will charge quickly. The newer ones will charge quickly. I highly recommend taking battery packs for your phone because the last thing you want to do is have to either be without your phone or sit in your car to charge your phone with your car on because a lot of newer cars don't allow you to charge it less the key is on and you don't want to walk away from your car, obviously. So external battery packs for your phone. And honestly, you can use this to charge a lot of other things, iPads, and I think even uh, some computers you can charge it with now. So it's not a bad thing to have. They're not that expensive. I would highly recommend picking yourself up some, pick up some AA batteries. Always have AA batteries in your case too. Almost forgot about that. But again, that comes down to having a checklist. If you have a checklist, you're a lot less likely to forget to the track and go, oh shit, I forgot something. What did you forget? I've forgot a hard drive before. I've forgot memory cards before. I've had memory card readers break or I've lost them, whatever they may be. Let's face it. We've all forgot shit at a hotel before. And chances are you're not going to have the hotel ship you some $20 gadget because it's really not worth the money. You'll just end up buying a new one. I also carry a remote trigger. Uh, well, it's a cable trigger that... Uh, you can use, which is really fun for some long exposure photography and things like that. If you're bringing a tripod, even if you're not bringing a tripod, if you can figure out a sturdy way to just set your camera on something, um, you can get some, you know, really cool shots at night or even during the day, depending on how much you, uh, mess around with your camera setting. So a cable trigger, and you can also get the wireless triggers. The wireless triggers also uh, work quite well, but I prefer like an actual cable trigger so that there's no interference or anything. <clears throat> I think that really ramps up pretty much everything that I keep in my bag. So we've got three cameras, one, two, three, four, four lenses that I take on a regular basis, two hot shoe flashes, um, the camera battery chargers, uh, some AA batteries, external hard drives, laptop, uh, and a stupid amount of cables, cords, iPhone, Android, all those different charging cords. I always have those with me because you just never know uh, when you're going to need it. And then obviously the earbuds, like I said, external drives, card readers, and things like that. So I'm going to wrap it up there. But if you do have any questions, reach out to me. Let me know if you've got any suggestions, if you've got questions, what you should be getting. 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you're Canon, Sony, Nikon, I can definitely help point you in the right direction. I hope you enjoyed this. Stay tuned next time. I will be doing a bunch of stuff next weekend at U.S. Street Nationals uh, that will be part of the podcast family. I look forward to uh, seeing you guys again. Hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Get those notifications if you like the content. I appreciate it. If not, I get it. It's not for everybody. Take care and until next time. You've been listening to Scorched. Scorched. Raw. Raw. Real. Real. And unfiltered. Join us next time when Damon scorches it all again to find previous episodes, news, commentary, and event coverage. Head to E3 Extreme. There is no one better.